They're taking cherubin pots strewn strategically along the daily. Chatter boys are tying paternosters in preparation for the fray. Tinnies are being towed to target on the Arnhem Highway. Over in Gove, they're rigging up teasers for the big boys. There's an air of anxious optimism at harbourside boat ramps as launch time moves. And in the front bar of the top end pub. And he said to me, sure enough, as soon as I put the GoFast 120Y red, red, red new sticker on me boat, my catch went up 47%, just like you said, Smithy. And you know, I looked all cool and calm, but I'm thinking inside, bugger me, I just made that crap up, but it bloody works. Smith. Uh-oh. What's going on? More. Jesus, is that the time? Oh, showtime, great. Yeah, let's go, quick, quick, quick up. drink up. Get your bums in the boat and get on with it. G'day fishos and welcome to the tinny on a week that sees everyone in a bit of a flat so we accelerate headlong towards the silly season. You'd be forgiven as a fisho for having pretty much zero time to get out there. What with wrapping up the work year, Christmas parties and the Kris Kringle and the crap you get, weird board games and novelty pairs of cufflinks. But it's in the back of your mind, the fishing, that maybe you'll get a window. Maybe you'll get a flick in. Maybe you'll get some of this. Oh, yep. Oh, net, 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 net. Get that header in. Oh. Easy, easy, easy. Up right, up right, yeah, up right, up right. Oh, baby. Oh. Are you ready? I'm thinking this is it. Yep, it's coming up, bro. Yep, oh. Oh, my God. Yep. Lift it. Lift it. Lift it. Yes. 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 Woo. Woo. Oh man. How was that, Lisa? That, I am there. If you're not feeling anything after listening to that, if you're not pumped up, you're dead inside. <laughs> that is pure, unadulterated fishing joy. AJ, Jordan and Corey, worth a mention. Good on you, boys. That was a beauty. <laughs> uh, this weekend, looking pretty good. Tide-wise, off the neeps. Wind-wise, not too bad either at this stage. Uh, Beard and Lisa with you on board the tinny. Tim Moores, he's gone. Holidays. Yeah, he's he's packed up all his rods, all his tackle. He's gone. Back to the sheds. And that means they've pulled me, Super Sub, Lisa the Brave, off the bench. And you're doing it with one thong. Yeah. What's the go? <laughs> I've had a fatal blowout this morning, Beard. <laughs> it comes in threes. I've already had a couple of little things go wrong. The second one this morning, 10, 12 a.m., fatal blowout. Everyone's telling me, use the, you know, the bread, bread thing, the clip, the... Everything like that? No, nah, this is way beyond it. Fatal. Fatal. Like, ready for the skip? Was it, were you trying to run or something? I was just walking. I was doing nothing that... Uh, nothing out of the ordinary. Nothing out of the ordinary, mm. but I must say the, the quick hop skip I did across Nucky Street trying to get to the surf shop to buy some more, mm. it was very fast. <laughs> it's very hot, that road. Well, I had a weird start to my day too, uh, which I won't dwell on too much, but basically I was having a go at the beard with the clippers, and the clippers died halfway through and so I had to kind of do the scissor job uh, I, for the for the rest of it. I did notice the uh, the beard was looking a bit patchy this morning but I wasn't sure if that's a look that you're trying to rock for. Yeah, uh, yeah you were polite enough not to say anything. Thanks mate. <laughs> But I was looking. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine you getting out there with a blunt pair of scissors found in the kitchen drawer snipping away and lucky he didn't take any skin off. Yeah, <laughs> I was lucky. <laughs> Coming up, one of the best barra fishos in the territory you'd have to say. Catching barra in a foot of water. And you also hear from a, uh, from a certain sage Japanese land-based fisho, pretty much as angry as he's ever been. This tales from the tinny. She sort of must have panicked a little bit and she went full throttle backwards. How the hell did that happen? I can't believe we're still laughing after all this shit. And we're going to do it again. Tales from the tinny. Hello, I'm Shane Compain from Tackle World Kualinga. 
I've actually been pretty quiet myself with the build-up. I've been chasing the um, stick face fish, but I've converted over to the barramundi because it is time. First build-up, decent trip. We did three-day trip. Obviously, with the build-up, you know, weather is plays a major part in it. You can have the best tides, best everything, but if the weather's not on your side, if it's not calm weather, then the water clarity isn't clean and your chances of... The fish seeing your lure a lot harder, um, so the wind blew up for us, which straight up made it extremely difficult. But we did find a few fish. I think we managed to catch eight nice fish over the three days. Two going over the magic meter mark, one directly on it, and I got myself my second best fish at meter twenty-two on the car. So I was absolutely pumped about that. How does it feel to get back to your spirit animal, Barra? That's pretty good. It's pretty relaxing. No, I have got the bug back, especially after that last trip. I'm not supposed to be doing any sneaky trips until after Christmas, but I think I might have to get out, get out over the next set of neeps. The 122, it was probably midday, second day. It was hard fishing. There was not much going on. We are sitting under the canopy, fishing, just bunny hopping from creek to creek, uh, waiting for that incoming tide. And um, on the flats, it's probably like two foot deep and then drops into a channel at the mouth of this creek. And there's some large popoy mullet up on the flats and... We heard the most enormous boof, like, looked up. There was, like, a hole in the water, and we are like, holy, that was a big fish. Anyway, we pushed over to the spot, and literally where we were fishing, it would have been half a foot to a foot deep where the Popeyes were, and then it would have dropped into about a foot and a half, and then obviously over about five metres would have gradually got deeper, but obviously this fish was positioning himself right on the edge of where it could... It literally, it would have sat its face on that edge, and the Popeye would have just kept coming to it and boofing, and as we... Mint coated over to there. I seen two Popeyes come back towards that area, and there was a big swell underneath, and they got really um, scared and took off. And I was like, no one else really seen it, so I was the only one at the front of the, at the front of the boat, like all pumped up. Anyway, I had a couple casts with the lure I had on it; just didn't suit where I was casting. So I sat down, rigged my line, pulled out this little secret weapon, soft plastic that I use when they're feeding on the surface, and then persisted to cast that area for about half an hour with no luck. Sat down, had a sip of me beer. Got back up and then second cast in, I watched this fish inhale it off the surface and then roll. One of my mates, Jack, was standing side by side me and he, we literally both cast at the same time. And he, he's, I'm pretty sure he struck from seeing what the fish did to my lure. And yeah, it was on. The fish jumped probably about nine, ten times. Hit the boat, hit the landing net three or four times. But luck was on my side this time. I actually was expecting to lose it because generally when you hook fish that size, they break nets, they break hooks, they break leaders. You just... It's such a challenging fish, but yeah, no, got it in the boat, so I was, I was a bit not as excited as I normally get when I get a fish of that size, but I think I was just more shocked that I actually landed it. And do you think sitting down, cracking a frothy, <laughs> pouring it down your throat and having a think about it, changing your strategy, you, that's when you change your lure. What made you go to that lure? I've just got some certain lures that I always go to when there's the fish are doing certain things i found over the years, and because the bigger fish are smart and... I don't care what people say, the bigger they are, generally the smarter they are and, and the more challenging they are to hook. So this lure represents a Popeye mullet to the absolute perfect without being a proper surface lure, so your hook up rate's a lot better. But no, sitting down and having that frothy because I was going to give up on it. I actually sat down and I was like, this stupid fish is not going to eat my lure. The barra's beaten you. <laughs> the barra's beaten me and I went, mm, and I got back up and then persisted and then yeah, second cast back in, got the bite. So it was rewarding. So that's a good lesson for fishers out there who are, who are casting till their arms fall off, seeing the fish on the sounder, not having any luck. Sometimes you just need to sit, regroup and change your tactic. Correct. And persistence beats resistance. It was hard fishing, but we persisted. We found the clean water. We waited till the time was right. Um, and that seems to be the story where they're talking to everyone at the moment. There's plenty of fish getting caught. It's just knowing when to go hard and knowing when to relax and then wait for that time to come around because it's the build-up. We don't have fresh water in the system at the moment, so it's not going to be clean water all tied. So you need to wait for those opportunities and then make the most of it. To be honest, you can catch fish anywhere. You can catch fish within 10 minutes from home. It's just if you know the spot, you know the tides, you know how to fish it, you'll catch fish. People think you need to go a million miles to catch barra. You don't. There's a big barra on our doorstep, just that they get fished a lot harder and pressured harder, so you just need to take your time and... I'm on radar watch, as is almost every fisher in this area at the moment, and most storms are passing the edges of Palmerston. I've been watching <coughs> cop a fair good hiding over at least the last five or six days. Have you heard anything? No, I have not, but I have noticed the rainfall that has been... Why do you have to say that? <laughs> you watch the radar, those areas that do get the most rain generally do 
fished the best throughout that year. So keep your eye on the radar, people. Blue water fishing still really good. Obviously, you just got to watch those storms in the afternoon. I was just speaking to a customer 10 minutes ago who was 70 kilometers off Dundee and had a mega storm come around and two big water spouts come up beside the boat and it was pretty crazy. So obviously, you got to watch the storms this time of year. The stick face fish have gone pretty quiet, but that's, you know, that's normal. Come, you know, Feb, March, they start to pick back up. Um, other than that, not too much. I think everyone's just getting in the Christmas time of year and partying at the moment. What tips can you give for fishers heading out on the Neeps this weekend? We've got the three tide day tomorrow. And then, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday are your three best tides to fish for barramundi or generally a lot of species with those tides. So if you're thinking about going fishing, do it because this, yeah, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they're your three best tides. And I'd concentrate all your effort around the low tide which will be in the morning. Um, that's when you get your good weather, your good water clarity, and that's when the fish should be biting. The bite windows are massive, obviously. Possibly thinking about going out on Sunday. I think it's going to be between like 10 and 12. So, yeah, just get on the water because if you arm and are about it and go the following week, you've got massive tides and it's crap tides. And, and you'll be crying real tears on Monday when you see everyone's catches from the weekend. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks for your time, Shane, and uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to the tinny guys as well. Thank you. Two things about that, Lisa. One, those water spouts you mentioned, you reckon they're different to the ones uh, we were talking about last week? I reckon they're the same. Uh-huh. They're one and the same. But water they're... spouts, or unless you're uh, Timothy Moore, um, or if you are Timothy Moore, perhaps alien beam-up portals for stealing our reef fish. This could very much be the case. There was no witnesses to that, but uh, no reef fish were falling out either. Mm. Okay. Uh, and uh, secondly, there was a in there. What was that about? Well, in the interest of maintaining relationships on and off the water, mm. uh, Shane, as you could hear, was not that happy that I uh, mentioned the river that that one was on, so I ratcheted it out. What river? The river that shall remain unnamed. It's the river that shall not be named, eh? Oh, well, you pretty much named it by calling it that. Well, there's a, that's a little uh, bonus for the people that have been listening long term. They will know which river we are not naming is not being named. Give us a hoy. Bit of an in-house hoy to kick this one off. ABC's, ABC Darwin's been doing this thing with uh, with Vinnies this year. People can donate gifts to people out there who aren't so fortunate to, to have people around to buy them prezies for Christmas. Anyway, this week this fellow was driving to work, heard about uh, the appeal they were doing on the radio, and 15 minutes later, he uh, rocked up at the ABC with, I don't really need to tell you, was pretty much the best donation ever. Uh, g'day, I'm Matt from Larrakia. I was just driving to work this morning and heard on Breakfast Radio the Vinnies who were uh, looking out for some presents and yeah, just dropped a couple of fishing rods down at the ABC. Of all things to drop off, you decided someone out there is going to need a fishing rod. This is the best Darwin Vinnies present that's going to show up in the foyer of the ABC, let me tell you. Well, hopefully, mate. I thought, you know, if there's one thing that's changed the course of my life since arriving in the Territory, it was my, uh, my bait caster. So I thought, hopefully... Some young kid out there, little teenager, boy or girl, they're going to love that. What did fishing do for you that you want to pass on to someone else? Well, it made me get outdoors and enjoy the, uh, the territory lifestyle, to be quite uh, honest. It's, it's pretty hot in Darwin, it's too hot to go outside usually, but um, it got me out and about and, yeah, just opened up a whole lot of different environments that, I, you know, you would never usually see. It's a pretty practical present too, isn't it? Not just a, a toy, it actually, could actually bring home some food as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, there's enough iPads out there. I think uh, for any young Territory kid, they can get out, they can have a flick down at Mindle Beach and, you know, they might end up going around the Tiwis one day or down to the Moyle or something exciting. So, yeah, all the best whoever ends up with those rods. Now, you've opted for a, for a glass rod with, uh, with was it 30-pound braid? 30-pound, little Shimano uh, spin outfit, that's right, 30-pound braid, so they can catch anything, dewy, barra, whatever. Not too bad a land-based option either. That's right, yeah, get a queenie off, uh, you know, Larrakia, anything. Good on you. Well, um, lastly, um, uh, for anyone else who's, who hears about the appeal and decides they want to give it a crack, what would you say to them? Well, I'd say get down there, you know. There's too much negativity going around the community at the moment um, with the young kids and the trouble they're getting into. Well, uh, now's your time to dig in and do something. Get off your bum and, uh, and help a young kid do something that might change the, uh, the course of their life. 
Thanks, Matt. No worries. Thanks, mate. What a champion, eh? He's actually a bit late to work because of that uh, particular spontaneous act of generosity. Matt, donating two fishing rods. How Legend. good's that? Mm. What a lucky teenager they, they're going to be who received those. Yeah. And actually, we're aware. I wanted to talk to him longer, but he was, um, he was in quite a rush. So if you're Matt's boss and you're listening, take it easy on him. He's a good man. Better get this uh, hoy out of the way too. The, uh, the inaugural absolutely not ABC endorsed. Get a dumpling up your trip. Done and dusted. Andy and Rock went with a couple of uh, top-end guides for their fill of Michelin star dumplings to prance around Singapore's many tackle shops. Good trip by the sounds. Sounds like a junket to me. Absolutely not a- ABC endorsed. Definitely not. Yeah. Uh, we did get a couple of uh, dispatches from uh, Andy over the weekend. Oh, so we arrive at the top of the escalator. Look at this. It is dumpling heaven. This is the land of Michelin five-star dumplings. Wall-to-wall dumpling shops. Overwhelmed by choice. You know which one we're going to? The big long line-up. The big long line-up. I guess that says it all. We've only been here for three hours, but we're into uh, tackle shop number nine. Tackle shop number nine, Jared. How are we going? I'm going bloody good. I'm just about to meet up with a couple of uh, Singaporeans that fish with me. I'm getting text messages like, no, tomorrow. I think they're keen for a beer and a feed and a, and a waffle. Andy, I reckon I found your laws for your fishy catch. Oh, oh that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> You're too funny, Josh. Uh, for the radio, those lures are about four millimetres long. just can't believe this place. They've got everything. They've got good tackle. They've got dumplings. They've got awesome beer. Lovely people. And they've even got a wet season. There's a trick. Take a leaf out of this book. Top end. I'm surprised they didn't come back looking like dumplings. <laughs> Eating so many. Yeah. What dipping sauce would you use if Andy was a dumpling? If Andy himself was a dumpling? Yeah, this is what dumpling, you're asking yeah, me. Yeah, I'm asking you. What kind of dipping sauce would you dip Andy into? The hottest chilli possible, <laughs> surely. Okay, sweet and sour. Get him in there, sweet and sour. <laughs> anyway, yeah, my guess is they were too busy spending money on lures and, and, uh, and eating dumplings to record anything of actual substance. Um, they did manage to get into some peacock bass, though, mm. uh, fish for them, and, and they did talk to a couple of uh, Singaporean fishos that we'll, uh, we'll hear from them a little bit later. This came under our nose this week. A video from one Anthony von Schnitzel. What? I don't know if he's a chicken or a beef kind of schnitzel, but it was Anthony. Uh, he was talking about a little raft up between two tinnies, waiting for the tide to change. And what do you do in that sort of situation, Beard? Uh, get on it. I think this tells a story. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I know. What? what was going on there? We were transported to a nightclub. It's a banging track, eh? You know that book, book? That's actually one of the boys in the background doing it. Well, he's good. I reckon that could be a good remix. Banging. Banging track. <laughs> uh, if you think that's not going to be in my head all week, Lisa, then you'll be, you'd be wrong. <laughs> it's already in there. It's digging its way in. Yeah, the boys. Need a year, the girls version. Uh, another hoy. G'day, blokes and sheilas. Bit of a controversial topic, uh, but after a crest a while ago, uh, a mate put a Facebook search out for some fish frames for the crab pots. Uh, we got some given to us we are gr- very grateful for. However, the average snapper size was only about 20 to 25 centimetres, and there was about 20 of these. What are the church's opinions on introduction of, of minimum sizes? Regards, arse crack face. Ooh, it's arse crack face. Do you remember him? Yes, welcome back, arse crack face. How's your arse crack doing? This is the man that has a, uh, well, a substantial bottom chin, arse crack face. And it'd be only natural that he would be renamed arse crack face. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a given. It's right there. He says, P.S., by the way, I hate nanny states, but just bringing up the subject. Look, arse crack face, in, in my experience on boats, people tend to self-regulate this sort of thing, and 20 is 
you know, that's a, you know, and they're goldies. That's a lot of little fish. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for bringing it to our attention, ass crack face. Another incident that we need to discuss, Beard, is two, I don't know if you saw it, it was on the socials, two ribs stranded high and dry on a mud flat in Darwin Harbour. It's a rigid hulled inflatable boat. So the kind of things that the Navy, the water police and all those official boffins drive around. Yeah. Um, so did you see the picture? Two of them high and dry on a mud flat in the harbour earlier in the week. How my, embarrassing. Just a little bit. Because my experience with those kind of guys, regardless of what organisation they belong to, is don't they learn navigation skills? How did one and then another one get stuck on the mud flat? And Darwin Tide got them. But they should know better. That's their office. Mm. Look, you'd think so. But, you know, they're only human. They are. Well, in an effort to understand how this happened, the fisho Jason Smith, he broke it down for us. Step one, launch the boat at low tide. Step two, tow the boat with other boat out of the mud. <laughs> that seems what's happened. Uh-huh. Step three, full throttle boat into the other mud bank. <laughs> Step four, wait for the tide. And Jason says he's glad he's not the only one that does this. <laughs> so he's speaking from experience. <laughs> Happens to the best of us, but still, shame, shame, shame. Not a good look. Thanks, Jason. You can send us your hoys fishos, fishing at abc.net.au on the email, or hit us up on the Tinny Facebook. Whether that's a report of a great fishing success or some hideous but hilarious disaster, we'll take them. Shoot it. Share it. Shout it. Give us a boy. Wallet was soaked. Keys were soaked. Case of beer, the bottom fell out of it. Picked up this jerry can off Kaz Beach, swam back out to the boat. They really got at me. Tales from the Tinny. Lisa, for any Tinny listener uh, who's, uh, who's been listening for a while, they know that every now and then we touch base with Kai from Goat Island. And this time of year, Kai's got a unique theory about how much rain is going to fall, and it has to do with the number of finch nests. Not just any finch nest, Beard. No? The crimson finches. So we touched base with Kai about a year ago, about this time last year, and he was telling us that the number of crimson finch nests on the island is a great indicator for the amount of rain that we're going to get through the wet. And last year he was pretty much bang on, wasn't he? He was. He was. He's now the oracle. He predicted that it would be a really crap wet because there were a very small number of finch nests on the island that year. All right, we've got him on the line now. G'day, Kai. How are you going? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah. Beautiful. Pretty quiet. It always is at this time of the year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not, not too many passers by on the Adelaide right now? No. Too hot? After Melbourne Cup Day till middle of December... You're lucky if you see one boat in a week. <laughs> that'd, that'd be just how I you like. A little bit on week, little bit on weekends, but during the week, nothing. Well, I get some work done. The problem is, I save all the big jobs, you know, outside work and all that stuff uh, for this time of the year. The problem is, it's bloody hot too at the same time. But it's good, good beer drinking weather, so I survive. What's on for lunch today? Just out of interest. Um, I have got three different kinds of leftover meals in my fridge at the moment, so I haven't decided yet. Beautiful. All right, let's let's talk finches, mate. Um, how how are they looking this year? They're not at all. I haven't seen one yet. I have not seen one single crimson finch at this stage. Oh, my ears are totally tuned into their little beep beep when they come in, and I can hear them from. You know, they can be 100 metres away and I can hear them. And then I can go and look. I have not seen one. I have not seen any mating games and it is looking grim. And is that unusual for this time of year? Would you normally expect them to be building their nest uh, well, by now? It, they come in when, when, when we get proper rain. We, we actually had, I stopped now a good couple of weeks ago, two, three weeks ago. We had uh, 80 mil out here of rain, nearly 90 mil in, in a week, over one week. And since then, I've had five mil. And while there's these very small passing showers going around here, well, you'd know that. It's anywhere over the top, and we're all in the same boat. So unless unless you're down at Bell Station or Finnish River, you don't get stuff all. So what's this telling you about this wet season to come? Well, that is one bad start, right? But a week ago, eight days ago, I was doing a, my weekly shopping run, and I spoke to Rod King down at the Adelaide River Queen. Mm-hmm. They were just about getting closing up for the next three months. 
and he said all the female crocs had gone nesting. Now, that does not happen till the wet season sets in. I said, that's strange. Casey was still there a couple of days ago, and then a couple of days later I called her, and, and she didn't come in. Now, I have never seen her go away nesting till just a day or two before Christmas. Never. No finches. Female crocs nesting early. Further to that, I, uh, when I was shopping yesterday, uh, I was at Kulalinga and I was just pulling in at the post office and I see uh, Tommy Nichols pulling out. So I parked the car quickly, pulled him over and, and asked him what he thought about the whole thing. And he said, well, they have never collected as many croc eggs as they have this year. So yeah. everything is starting to get a bit weird. So I sort of vented my theory to him. Does that mean we're going to get another crappy wet so the crocs know it? They're going away early, so when the rain comes, the, the rain we will get comes in, you know, perhaps uh, January, February, a bit, bit, bit in March. At, at least they have some rain around that time, and he shrugged his shoulders because he hasn't got a clue either. Strange goings-on out in the Adelaide River. Crocs don't go away nesting till the wet has set in. We have to have a substantial amount with continuous daily rain before they go. I mean, these are indicators that I I would fully get behind, you know, oh. before I get behind. You know, Kai the is technology. my go-to. Kai is my go-to when yeah. it comes to the rain. He knows what he's talking about, and that's why we called you, Kai. Because hey, 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 Lisa, I'll give you my wife's phone number over in North Queensland. Can you tell her that I know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> sure. You know what you're talking about when it comes to rain. Yeah, uh, you could make that call, Lisa. That's great. <laughs> The ants are not busy at all, you know, the, the ants that are around on buildings and all that, and posts and everything. They're just going about their normal life. There is absolutely nothing. And they usually start moving their nests and eggs and everything week, 10 days before we start seeing the proper rain. Mm. So there is nothing it's to not... say anything other than we've got a shitty wet coming again. Kai, that's not the kind of information we were hoping you'd deliver. No, yeah. that's not the information I want to give either. <laughs> <laughs> Kai, just quickly before we sign off, mate, um, Muddy the dog's been there for a year. How's he going? Oh, he's a badly mannered dog, just like his owner. His favourite thing when we get visitors in is jump up on the table and walk around from each one and one to lick him in the face. And Ooh. while they sort of say, ooh, don't do that, then he licked the top of their drinks. And I have <laughs> warned them they don't get free replacements, okay? It's up to <laughs> them to look after the drinks. And he especially loves women who have a glass of wine because he can get his tongue right into it. <sighs> yeah. And that is that is Goat Island hospitality right there, isn't it? Service with a smile and a lick. Uh, Absolutely. Good on you, Kai. Uh, thanks for the chat, mate, and uh, and uh, we'll yeah, keep I'm an eye on the on the, the finches. Dying, and I hope I'm wrong. There's nothing. There is nothing in any way, shape, or form that indicates anything else. You and every other fisho in the top end is also wishing you'll be incorrect this year. Yep. Good on you, All Kai. Right. Catch ya. Mullet moments. My ex had taken the kids for four days, so straight out the mouth of sandpan, around to swim. What could go wrong? Barra first up and swim. High fives. Decide to get back out to the mouth of Swim Creek and do a few ten-point turns, and the steering cable snapped, bumping our way out of there. I said, I'm not going home. No way. Not at 12 bells on Saturday. So we went and did a further 10Ks to the Dewey Reef and I'm pushing the motor around with forward and aft knee movements. Blowing 15 to 20 metre and a half rolling swell where we just couldn't stay anchored. Two and a half hour mark, we finally make it into the mouth. We're borderline on fuel, so we had to get on the plane and I wasn't prepared to spend another two to three hours barging up sandpan. So we had to come up with another plan the next morning, which saw me sitting on top of the motor at the back and steering it with my ass, pretty much. So I sat on top of the motor. In unison, we got it up on the plane. I said to T-Borg, if you hear me yell, you've got to throttle back because I'll be gone off the back. Why can't I just go fishing and, and enjoy it without being life and death all the time? Tales from the Tinny. Lisa, it's a time of year when there's a bit of rain here, there's a bit of rain there. And just how would it be, you wonder, being able to watch those floodplains fill up and watch that whole glorious metamorphosis unfold? 
from the air. It's not just the magpie geese that can do it. Sean from Helifish can do it too. How you going, Sean? I'm fantastic. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Where have you guys been fishing the lake? We've been uh, heading out to our usual grounds, just uh, southwest of Darwin, out to um, the Anton Bay area, just across uh, from the Daly River. But uh, we've also been doing a few trips out to Mary River and uh, Cape Hotham, so... Sean, we've all been on Radar Watch and uh, we've seen lots of hot colours over the Arnhem, Mary River, Kakadu ways. What have you been seeing when you've been going out that way? Is the rain there yet? Uh, Yes, it is. It started to uh, pour out in those sections. So you can really see it with the aura and fauna. There's a lot of wildlife coming back in. The grasses are just that bright fluorescent green Um, you can see some water starting to build up on the floodplains so yeah you can definitely see they've had quite a bit of rainfall out there um, both in the uh, Mary River systems and also out at um, Anson Bay. So how's that been translating for you guys in terms of where you're choosing to take your punters? Of course we're uh, you know a long way from any sort of uh, runoff um, time at the moment uh, what it is doing, though, where we're seeing the, the barra going and, um, you know, we're, we're catching barra more up into the, you know, the tighter parts of the creeks and everything. So it seems as though they're, they're almost, you know, getting ready for, for the wet season to come. So, you know, ultimately, uh, it seems like a really good sign and we're really looking forward to this coming season. There's been a lot of um, uh, a lot of reports about people seeing plenty of barra on the sounder. Obviously, you guys aren't uh, aren't using a sounder, but finding it quite hard to um, get them to jump on the hook. Have you found them reluctant? What we find, you know, you obviously vary things up, and you know, we've got a lot of skills and tactics. You know, a couple of secret things that we can't really let on to a lot of people. But uh, just between you, you and us, mate. Yeah, yeah, okay, <laughs> just, just between us. Um, what we've found is, uh, you know, you've got to have your, your soft plastics more than your, your floating hard bodies. Just have your lure sink down to the bottom because uh, what we find where we're getting a lot of success is, uh, you know, you just do those couple of twitches to get your lure up, working the, the bottom section and allowing it to sit longer. And we've been having some great success with that. So we went through the same sort of stage where... Uh, you know, working hard to get every fish that we could. But then when we started employing those sort of techniques, our catch rate went right up. So, um, oh, you guys use uh, use a lot of weedless plastic, so I guess that means you can get them really uh, hard into snags and uh, and in barra's faces. Yeah, yeah, we, we probably catch the majority of our, of our barra at the moment on those lures just because they, they work so well, and especially with the, the weedless uh, style of the, the flat shad, it, you know, you can put it just about anywhere. And when you're working it the way that I was just describing, um, yeah, it's just the hookup rate is really good and they last for ages. So they're, they're kind of our go-to. And when they do hit that lure, are they hitting hard or are they checking it out first? It's almost like they'll they'll strike it and you'll, you'll feel the strike. But then if you don't start reeling in straight away, even though you think it's not on there, uh, you'll end up losing it, and that's what—that's the other technique that we were using. Was um, you know you'd, you'd feel a bit of a strike, and normally you'd be waiting for you know the, um, the line to run out and this fish rushing off. Whereas they seem to just more or less sit there, and they'll spit your lure out. But if, as soon as you feel that strike, whether they're taken off with it or not, start reeling it in as if as if it's on there. Nine times out of ten, it still is. And, um, yeah, we've just been planting heaps of barra just using those techniques. Which means that, I guess, you've got to be 100% focused for, for the whole duration of your retrieve uh, and, and, and ready to strike at the, at the softest little touch. And it's almost counterintuitive, you know, like uh, when you're out barra fishing, you know, you're working your lure and, you know, you're trying to get it right in the snags and, you know, all the things that you, you would normally do, whereas, you know, with this style... You know, you cast it out, give it a couple of seconds for the the lure to drop to the bottom. Then you might give it just a couple of jigs to pull it up and sort of float it over a metre or two and then let it sit. So it's a more of a really relaxed way of catching barra, but the hookup rate is so much higher. And, um, yeah, you end up catching more fish, even though it it seems as though you're not really working that hard. What kind of sizes are you you getting into? Uh... 
look, we're, we're getting up around that um, sort of mid-70s. Yep. Uh, the usual size is around that 50 to 60 at the moment. But uh, we have been seeing some big stonkers out getting around as well. So, um, yeah, we're, we're not seeing too much of the, the little rats anymore. But they're you know, getting around that um, legal size and bigger. Take us down to, to Anson Bay, Sean. How the how the coastal creeks looking down there and how they're fishing? They're a little bit silted up because of the uh, lack of uh, the wet season that we had this year. Yeah, um, they're still obviously fishable, but um, you know on the on the lower end of the tides, we've we've got to you know go to those landlocked areas. And like to be honest, that's that's where we're we're doing really well. As also is because uh, you know like I was saying earlier, those barra are getting right up high into those creeks into the, the more sort of shallow areas where they're, they're waiting for the, um, the fresh water to come down. Um, before you let me go, I've got to tell you something. Yeah. One of our new pilots, yeah, he was new at the time, he's, uh, you know, he's quite experienced now, but so he started with us and his very first fishing charter he was in one helicopter with one client and I was in another helicopter with the client's son. So there's two helicopters, three three clients in total. Yeah. So our, our new pilot was flying this uh, elderly gentleman out. He was probably in his 60s or 70s and, um, you know, they had the doors off, as you do, to keep it cool. And and the uh, the gentleman turns to our new pilot and goes, oh, are we nearly there? Because I, I need to go to the toilet. Uh-oh. And we're actually coming in to land. And so before our new pilot could turn to him and say, yeah, we're about to land, old mate rips it out. No, no. Keep going. Keeps trying to do his business out of the helicopter. Doesn't that sort of just blow back in? Oh, it blew everywhere. (laughs) And all over the pilot and all over the the, uh, gentleman. And, um, yeah, it took us... uh, uh, well, it took our new pilot quite a while to clean the whole machine and disinfect it. And, um, yeah, it's, it's like new now. But uh, So from then on, our new pilot got the nickname of Piston. <laughs> it sounded sounds a bit like a christening. Mm. It does. A baptism. Does. A baptism of piss. Baptism. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to the team. Right. This yeah, is exactly. the industry you chose. Yeah, exactly. Yep. yep. It's not all glamour. No, it's certainly not. Uh, uh, good on you, Sean. Thanks for catching up with us again. And um, let's keep an eye on that radar and hope for some more rain, eh? Yeah, look forward to it. The unexpected occupational hazards of being a heli fisher guide, eh? <laughs> Fairly short-sighted, I would have thought, on the, on the part of the old, of old mate. Oh, can you imagine I don't think I want moment. to imagine. Yeah. Uh. I mean, pissing into the wind is one thing, but pissing out a helicopter window. <laughs> How do you think that was going to end? The turbulence. I mean, <laughs> it must be insane. <laughs> I wonder what the radio comms would be, uh, would sound like between the, between the choppers. <laughs> yeah, mate, yeah, we've got a situation here. <laughs> got to be a little while. <laughs> Grass from Mungandai back with another fishing report from King Ash Bay after our annual trip up into God's country. We had three of us fishing, myself, the skipper Dicko and his cousin AJ. We managed 13 days up there this year and for the 13 days we managed to put 502 fish in the boat. Uh, AJ hadn't fished in a boat before with a coveted GoFast sticker so we told him to do any good on the trip. He had to pay homage to that sticker uh, which he promptly did by baptising it with some of the best scotch that he had said the magic angelic words of praise be the mullet and as they say the rest is history uh, out of the 67 barracourt he nailed the biggest at 93 centimetres which was also a PB for him. The majority of the fish caught this year in the barra were between 60 and 78 centimetres. We didn't seem to crack one in the 80s this year at all. Uh, the only one in the 90s was AJ's PB. Uh, the rest there was a handful between 60 and 55 and probably about another handful that fell below the 55 legal mark. So it was a pretty good year on the barra, really. They seemed to be a bit skittish. Uh, we hadn't sort of experienced it before. You'd sound over a snag, mark fish, swing around, have a couple of casts, and it seemed you only got one shot at them. Didn't matter whether you landed the fish or dropped the fish, but if you got a hook up, that was it. The remainder fish on the, on the snag would scatter. We decided to hit the shallow and narrow areas up there that we know of and yeah, it seemed to 
paid dividends for us. We sort of found the barrel would hang around more. You could get more of a crack at them. There was more of them, and they were hitting and fighting a lot better. The best lures for the barrel this year were the soft vibes again. Even the $5 specials from the servo. But yeah, the wind was definitely the dominant factor. The days that it was down and we could get out, we took it. Got out on the blue water and around the islands and it was really good fishing. Like, it was unreal. Those two consecutive days out there, we put 100 fish in the boat one day, 140 the next. Spanish mackerel, metre 20. Uh, we're getting goldies up to 70 centimetre mark. Uh, blue bone up to 65. Nanagai's up to 75. Coral trout up to 60 centimetres. Dicko and AJ had a double hookup on GTs, pretty well on a metre. That caused a fair bit of havoc in the boat. I was pretty much busy as a one-armed bricklayer in Baghdad, really. There was also a good amount of tuna around this year. We got into some tuna, which was good for some nice fresh bait. All in all, it was a good trip. Absolutely stoked. Do yourselves a favour, get down to King Ash. There's plenty of places to fish, plenty of fish to catch. Yeah, we have a ball every time we go. You know, have a great Christmas, Newey. Hope it all goes well for you up there. Hope you get a good wet this year. Cold frothies. Grass man out. Red, fast and free. Presenting the Tales from the Tinny Fish Measuring Sticker. Some say it's the scientific standard for measuring length. Some say that it gives you a guaranteed 20% more luck in catching fish. Some say that these stats might be slightly exaggerated. Much like your fishing yards without a Tales from the Tinny Fish Measuring Sticker. Email fishing at abc.net.au or message the Tinny on Facebook to get yours. First up, we've got Jono Farquhar has sent us a message via Facebook. Hey, lads, I'm planning a trip, my first NT trip in May 2020 with a girlfriend. I've never been up that way and I'm keen to land a few barra. Mm -hmm. I've only ever got one and it was a little piss week thing, so I'm keen to try my luck up there. But I'm unsure if I should bring the boat up or not on my first trip. Uh, depends where you want to go, mate. He's got a boat. Just bring, bring it, it up. Wouldn't you? Just take it on. But if we do bring it up, I was hoping I could get a 120 go fast YYY sticker off you lads to help my chances of boating a few. Anyway, if you can help us out, that'd be great. Sure, but only if you bring the boat. Bring the boat. Bring the boat. You'll get to much better places. Bring the boat, Jono. Chris, also on Facebook. Please, please, please. <laughs> I love a bit of begging. I need the 120Y sticker. Me and my mate are not from the top end, but plying our trade with how masculine we are on Mitchell Street. A.K.A. AJ, AJ. that leads to mm -hmm. me. Uh, we love to fish. Got a boat, no clue on it, but we spent many an hour on the frothy waffle. As you do. This was about two years ago. To say the least, we have had a mixed bag. I go out with a different bloke and not a prob. Clean up. Him being with others, he cleans up. I know it can be put down to frothy but I hope not for our delicate relationship. This is trickier to read this? than you'd think. <laughs> um, being an avid listener to the church sermons, I feel that a sticker would be the marriage bond that we need to start nailing our piscatorial relationship in a massive frothy bless and get a mullet up here. P.S. How would the cross be made if the big man was an octopus? What? That is a great question. How would it be made? Would the crucifix be like a motorbike rib? Yeah, like an old wagon wheel. Just yeah. up there, out and proud. If the big man was an octopus. Well, he's asking the big questions. Imagine if he Chris. was an octopus, how much he could get done. Look what he did with two hands, Beard. Yeah. With eight, all the world's problems would be fixed. Yeah. <laughs> Tales from the tinny. Get a muddle up your brass. Hi, my name is Justin from Singapore. Hi, my name is Yasser from Singapore. Fishing in Singapore is pretty um, restricted. Um, a lot of rules and regulations, a lot of uh, restricted areas that you can't access, uh, which holds uh, super big fish, uh, trophy-sized fish for our small uh, country, you know. Fresh saltwater, really, there's actually no permit that allows you to actually do much fishing. I've heard there's a place here in Singapore named after a place in Australia. Yeah, yeah. There's actually a place called uh, Kimberley. Uh, named after um, you know the, the, the place in Australia, uh, which holds uh, easily 60, 70, 80 uh, centimeters uh, barrels consistently. <laughs> it's awesome, but um, you know with uh, a lot of restrictions. <laughs> when you get caught, uh, it's a hefty fine and uh, you get locked up. 
so you can be locked up for fishing in Singapore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Does that ever happen? Yes, for myself also. <laughs> <laughs> for myself also in 2012. 2012, yes, I got locked up for eight hours for fishing. Basically, it's not for fishing, but um, they term, term it as trespassing, willful trespassing. We climb over some fence just to access to this haven, I would say, which holds abundance of uh, teacock bass. Five of us released on bail, $2,000 each. Came down for some interviews uh, with the investigation officer. Um, end up with a um, stern warning. So they took down our names. So what, what was mentioned is uh, if our names were to appear again in future, uh, there is no leniency. <laughs> <laughs> Did you catch any fish? <laughs> Sadly, no. <laughs> By the time the authorities came, it's quite um, hectic. So we all, cops are waiting for us outside. Justin, tell us a bit more about the peacock bass. Peacock bass, they grow fast. They feed very aggressively. Technically, anything you throw, they will take it. I think just like, like, like bearers, right? Uh, anything that swims in front of their face, they will give it a chase. If they miss it once, they'll go back for a second time, third, fourth, fifth. There's no stopping them, <laughs> you know? Our, our local scene, we are able to actually um, hit very good sizes, um, ranging from 40 cm all the way up to about 90, a meter. The, the biggest I've seen is about a meter. And what's your standard sort of rig for a, um, for a peacock bass? What are, you, what are you using in terms of gear and, and lures? Yeah, so you have top water, uh, your, your, your pencils, uh, poppers, very, very, very fun when, when they hit on top water. You also have uh, your minnows, uh, crankbaits as well. Crankbaits do work uh, in deeper water columns uh, or when the sun is super hot and they, they tend to actually bust in a two to three meter depth yeah so sometimes you really need to get your, your lures into the strike zone and also soft plastics <laughs> fantastic country fantastic blokes thanks fellas and we'll see you in the top end of australia thank you all right right to you hi <laughs> My name is Hiro Nakamura. <laughs> How are you? Uh, I'm good, I'm good. How are you doing? It's good to see you out and about, scooting around. Yeah. How's your fishing been going late, Hiro? Actually, I, I couldn't catch many Baramandi recently. Uh, I don't know why. Maybe we didn't have a good uh, rainy season last year. I, I'm not sure. It's a good thing to blame if there's nothing else going on. Blame <laughs> the wet season. Uh, you've been getting some barramundi though, right? Yes, uh, yes, only one. <laughs> also, very small barramundi for me, for myself. <laughs> oh, but something happened last weekend. My friend uh, took me nice fishing spot near here oh yeah east point uh i can't tell exact place channel island i can't tell exact place but Fanny uh, bay uh, mate Fanny uh, bay around the dowry all yeah, right yeah. my friend bought his first fishing rod and his first fishing reel last week and he caught his first barramundi Last weekend, <laughs> he caught a military baramandi. No. <laughs> his first rod and reel and his first baramandi was a metery. Yeah. How does that make you feel? Uh, me, to tell the truth, be angry. <laughs> because, because I have caught more than 1,000 baramandi. I have caught only one meter, but in his case, too easy. <laughs> what did you say when, when you found out that he was onto a big fish? Oh, oh just really? <laughs> catching a meter, as you would know here, as no one would know better than you, catching a meter land-based is a big deal. Yeah. I just can't say... Congratulations. 
no no more than that just congratulations、mm. to tell the truth not so happy here a, a month out maybe until the monsoon comes along what is your plan for fishing land base for the next month or so until it starts raining uh if we have a, a good rain we should go to creek uh like a, a buffalo creeks after a big rain mm. not like a mineral beach yeah after big rain should go to creek now my daughter uh she's coming at the end of this year oh yeah to darwin first time the big question is are you going to take her fishing she doesn't like fishing and she doesn't like crocodile、mm. she doesn't like shark she doesn't like stingray she's not going to be so happy if you if you take her through the mangroves to channel island ah、uh, she hates that because、uh, she she is born in tokyo city so、uh, she doesn't like nature like this <laughs> but i feel like she should make an effort to see what her old man does you know with、uh, many hours in his week mm So、she's、uh, interested in eating Darwin-style roast duck, not fishing. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, look. Let's、uh, let's hope that she changes her mind and you can take a fishing hero. But、um, but thanks for catching up with us again, and、um, I, I hope your your luck is better for the next month. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope so. But we need a good rainy season this year. Yeah, he's hoping. Thanks, hero. Thank you very much. <laughs> Tales from the Tinny. Hey, Yarn. It's Jason here. I've been、um, working out in Manangrida, the land of meteries, all sorts of meteries. You've been getting into a few meteries, Jase. Yeah, we have. We've 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 done well out there lately.、Um, the build-up things are getting hot, and you got that sweat runs down your back into your ass crack, and you know the fishing's going to be good. You know, you get that slippery, squeaky feel when you move around the boat. Lubricates your your movements around the boat. Yeah, it gets a little bit of foam going, but、um, yeah, hot. We went out, had a couple of boys on the boat, and they were pretty good fishers, and we thought we'll try something different. And、um, we were catching plenty of sixties, and we we're sort of throwing most of them back. But I wanted some bigger ones, and we were getting seventies, and we got a couple eighties as well. We're talking about goldies here. Yeah, mate. Yeah, the golden snapper. So they were good. They were good goldies, quality. And we were getting selective. We were keeping a few here and there, like a couple. We just we didn't go over our bag, but we we're just sort of keeping the better ones. And I didn't want to. If we had any fatalities, we we're only in twenty foot of water. So if we had any fatalities, I wanted to be able to actually. Not waste them and not throw them back to the sharks. And we're jigging away, jigging away, and next thing one of the boys is on, and it's just peeling. He's got the Saragossa screaming, like screaming, fifty pound, and it's just pumping. He said, "We're going to have to chase it." I said, "You'll be right," because one of the, the other guy had one going out the other way. He's on the other side of the boat.、And、then I looked at his reel and I thought, "Oh, we might have to chase it." And、uh, you're in twenty foot of water. Yeah, and it's pumping. I thought,、oh, I'm thinking maybe you've got a dewy on because it was just ran straight off to the side. So I've sort of started heading over towards him. He's getting a bit of line back, a bit of line back, and we sort of got nearly over the top of it, and then it took off the other way. And meanwhile, this other goldie's come in, and it, you know, sixty odd centimetre specimen. We threw it back, and、um, I said, this guy's we've gone to concentrate on this other one. I'm thinking this is going to be a good one, you know. And we got a couple of eighties. I think we had. The biggest was eighty-five centimeters, and an eighty-five centimeter goldie. Yep. This you, this is disgustingly good. Oh, unbelievable goldies! And I'm thinking this could be bigger than that.、And、I'm thinking I want this. I want this in. And the bloke's in a bit of a panic because it's just peeling him again, peeling him again. And I actually had to back the drag off because the lower your spool gets, 
the more your drag increases. I didn't want to pop the hook or bend the hook or whatever or something go wrong. So we thought, well, we're in fairly open, flat country, so we'll just play it in. And it went around again and around again and took off again. Eventually it started coming up and we hadn't seen it. Next thing up pops is the mother-in-law of mother-in-laws. <laughs> what? It was, it was a mother-in-law? Oh, yeah. And the boys are like, yeah! And it's like, wow, yeah! And we've been getting 80-centimetre goalies, and it's like, they think that's normal. See, they're from Melbourne, so... They're from Melbourne, OK. Yeah. So they, you know, King George Whiting, 70, 70-80-centimetre 70, goalies is just normal because they haven't caught them before. And I'm sort of thinking, pretty good fishing, and then they pop this up, pops this mother-in-law, and I'm... Geez, that's a big mother-in-law, and these boys are just losing it. They're like, yeah, yeah, high-fiving and going berserk. And I'm, I was like, okay. So I ended up, I had to get the net and net it. Bring it I couldn't actually lift it in. It was too big and heavy, and I put it on the lip grippers, and I thought, I better measure this. And it went, we only had a metre sticker on the side of the boat, and it went over that. So it was over a metre long, say a metre 10-ish, maybe. A metre 10 mother-in-law. Yeah. Underrated sports fish, obviously. Oh, no, they, people target them, for, for, but you know, they, they're fairly loose. It's not sort of something I'd say I'm going to go out and get one, mm. especially go out and get a metery, you know, a tonner. You don't get them often. So took some photos, and unfortunately it wouldn't revive. We couldn't, let it, couldn't get it going. And I, give it, I actually swam it a good while. I don't know, it was a good while, and the boys were like, bit upset because they wanted it to go back and right it shouldn't have, it shouldn't have really died but it must have, it just went that hard it just popped itself and we ended up giving him to one of the tos back at the at greeter was this on bait or lewis no just on um like a yeah soft plastic type thing and just a just a jig so yeah anything distinct about the fight of a mother mother-in-law uh they just pull hard and they go hard run fast and good to catch yeah well, we actually got a permit out there as well Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Permit? How big? This is the fish that, that I know fly fishers target, but you don't hear that much about them. Yeah, I got a, um, one of the boys, we were trolling for barra, and bang. What did it take? Yeah, just like a, about an eight, nine foot lure. Just took, we're trolling along for barras. We were getting barras. Next thing, bang, I'm thinking, oh, this is a good one. And I actually thought it was a dewy to start with, and then I'm thinking, oh, it's a trevally, and then it was a permit. The bloke was going, oh, yeah. He, and I said, oh, yeah, this is pretty cool. <laughs> so we, um, I said, I want a photo with that. So I got a photo with that as well. So yeah, a couple of fish that I didn't catch I actually got photos with. How big was this permit? Oh, it would have been eight kilo. I've got no idea about permit. So, what does that translate to? Oh, 80, 90 centimetres. Yeah, it was pretty solid. They pull hard. They're, they'd be good to catch on fly. A couple of unexpected catches. Thanks, Jase. Take it easy. Okay. <laughs> I think I know where you're going with this, Lisa. There is an image burned into my retinas of Jason Rogers' ass crack foaming <laughs> and slippery. And I need, I don't want to see that anymore. You okay? Uh, <laughs> You've lost the thong. You've been forced to visualise this. The thong, the foam, everything. You didn't hear anything else he said in that interview, did you? Just, he lost you me. Were at, just gone. He lost me at foam. Yeah, that's not a pleasant image to have in your mind taking into the weekend. Beer. Interesting indicator, though, when the bum cheeks are getting slippery, the fishing's likely to be good. It's like the canary in the gold mine. But I think it count. It depends on a few factors. Mm. The size of the cheeks. Yep. The depth of the crack. Okay. And what is. Containing the crack and the cheeks. Is it cotton? Is it man-made? Is it a cheek banger? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think there's many. You can't be the only, the only canary in the coal mine on on fishing. Still, as just a crude kind of basis from which to determine whether the fishing is good or not, it's somewhere to start, right? You can call it whatever you want. I'm calling it freaky. Anyway, freaky too was were <laughs> were two. What were pretty crazy oddball catches from Jace's punters? So doesn't mean he didn't claim it, didn't he? Say he took some photos oh, no, with he fish was, that he didn't catch. Well, he, he knew they didn't. They didn't get it, but he knew. Meet a ten mother-in-law fish. That's about it from us for shows. Thanks a heap to Shane. I got a one twenty-two in a one foot of water compain. Sean from Hellyfish, Grass from Mungandai, Jason and his foamy ass crack Rogers. <laughs> 
And of course to this man whose emotional response in the face of a fellow fisho catching his first barra and it being a metery was, we think, absolutely appropriate. Me to tell the truth, be angry. <laughs> Just can say congratulations. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> and finally, if you've got Christmas songs going around your head from a visit to the supermarket, maybe, or the mall, hopefully this one's a better earworm for you. Yeah, the boys. Yeah, the boys. Boys, yeah. Yeah, the boys. That is going to be in my head all week. Thanks. Thanks, lads. Beard and Lisa with you again next week, Fishos. Until then, get a doofin banging mullet up you.